0: a topic that's not easy to talk about. Um, and of course, these stay at home orders, these quarantines are absolutely essential to making sure that COVID-19 doesn't spread, and that we can make sure that our hospitals aren't overwhelmed. But it can also lock and trap people in their homes with abusive partners. And joining us to talk about this important topic In fact, domestic abuse is rising worldwide from reports, and we have an expert in gender-based violence, Lori Post, with us. Hi, Lori. How are you this evening? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, You are with the Bueller Center for Health Policy and Economics at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Can you describe sort of what your role is there and what your research is about? Um, I'm the director of the Bueller Center for Health
1: Policy and Economics. I'm also a professor of emergency medicine, and okay. I do um, I do research on violence, gender-based violence, mostly.
0: Um, so domestic abuse is on the rise, and it's not just in the United States, but it's you're seeing it worldwide as a result of people being stuck at home. Right,
1: um, as we were watching the COVID. Um, epidemic hit in China and then move on to Europe. Um, there were reports of about approximately a hundred percent increase in domestic violence. First of all, in China, and then and then leading on over into Italy and Spain, um, to the point that the the UN director and the World Health Organization director made um, global announcements. That, you know, for people to be um, pay attention to this, that they were concerned about the massive increase in domestic violence.
0: Of course, we have to have these stay at home orders, um, but yet then partners are are stuck with somebody that is uh, potentially violent and and violence can run the spectrum. It can be psychological. It can also be physical. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So um, um, about five percent of women who are in an intimate um, relationship are victims of violence, which would qualify as criminal offenses. Um, but probably, um, you know, up to about 30% um, can be victims of of violence that we would say either emotional or psychological, different types of abuse to control women, also economic abuse as well.
0: I mean, I think it's common sense as to why this is only going to intensify a very negative and uh, violent situation. But can you describe what's happening right now in a lot of homes as as people are stuck inside? Yeah.
1: I think that the key thing to to um, acknowledge is that is that the exposure has increased dramatically, so there you know at, at you know before the epidemic happened, um, women would have a reprieve from their perpetrators like when they went away to work or they went out with friends or um, you know when they had a, a break from them physically there was physical separation, and now that doesn't happen so so the exposure has increased dramatically. And I don't think that um, um, being, you know, at, in a stay-at-home order, in, you know, creates violence out of nowhere. I think that if you have violence that already existed, um, it's just, it's a bad condition and it will increase, the, you know, the exposure will increase the number of times so that a woman is battered or suffers different forms of abuse.
0: So there's really, um, it's a pressure cooker, it intensifies, and then there's also no escape.
1: There's no escape, that's, it's. Exactly, it. and women um, plan their escape. Women stay at home when they're they're too afraid to leave, but women leave when they're too afraid to stay at home. Um, and women, um, you know, manage violence. They're not these helpless victims that sometimes they're portrayed to be. Mm-hmm. And they plan their escapes when they have time alone. And now they don't have that alone
0: time. Um, can you talk a little bit and describe why and? You know situations that women find themselves in as to why they have to stay in situations that are uh, potentially violent.
1: Well, I think that they don't—they don't have a, a way to do planning or to make arrangements. They're not alone. So, you know, just an, something that's really concerning is like the number of um, of calls that are made for help where women are whispering,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, talking really quietly. Um, and you know where they're trying to you know figure out some kind of a solution to their problem, where they're they're afraid of, for their safety or afraid for the safety of their children, and um, it's you know that there's a dramatic increase. I think um, the number of police reports that are called are I wouldn't say police calls that are called into. In, in Chicago right now has an increase of um, 13% over last year, while what's concerning about that is that we've had a drop in, in actual police reports by 23%, and that means that um, women or victims of violence are not able to file um, complaints against their perpetrator. They're not following through, and there's a reason for that. They probably don't have the freedom to go and make those filings. Mm
0: -hmm. And, of course, it's a very complicated, multifaceted issue because economics is usually involved. There's also children often that are involved as well that make it super difficult for women to just pick up and leave. Exactly, yes. Um, Something else is happening right now. What's going on in terms of resources and domestic violence shelters?
1: Um, well, I mean, domestic violence shelters are funded by federal agencies and are, you know, also other types of, you know, fundraisers and non they're non um, and they're also subject to the lockdown, so, and some shelters are trying to keep as few workers as possible, um, they're trying to also, you know, prevent the spread of the COVID virus, um, but, um, uh, you know, so they have their... They have that on one hand, um, and then there's also diminishing re- resources, uh, of course, that are coming in. Um, you know, donations. We always see that in times of crisis, donations to shelters decreases.
0: Okay, and I, I, was, I didn't know for sure whether uh, shelters were open and and had the ability to take in um, new people. Yeah,
1: ep- absolutely. And I, you know, and I want to give you that message of hope that um, women can call in. There's a domestic violence um, hotline the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. Let me give that again, 1-800-799-7233. Also, women can um, Google the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and they can push a button on their computer if they can find some time to be alone, and they can have a chat, and um, someone can give them help while they're at home trying to figure a way out. Of their situation.
0: So we know that this is going on because there's a stay-at-home order and uh, people are stuck at home. Uh, what right. are, what are
1: we have, oh. yeah, I just want to say we know it's increasing because you have increase in the, you know, the neighbors mm-hmm. that are hearing the assault going on that are contacting the police. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. So that's,
1: that's increased by quite
0: a bit from this time last year. So, Lori, I'm curious, too, what, you know, my follow-up question is what can we do what how do we I mean it just seems like such a such a conundrum because you have to stay at home because there's a state ordered mandate that you do but then there's an increase of domestic violence happening so what can I, we do
1: I, I think that you know we're all working from home you know through different types of um, you know telecommuting to the office. Um, there are doctors' appointments that are going on through you know telemedicine, so I think you know doctors can screen their patients for domestic violence um uh, you know while they're remote and also friends can check in with other friends to see if you know how they're doing, are they doing okay? um you know do they need help? Should you know you know contact them through using you know computers if women have victims of violence have time alone on their computer. Um, and I also think that, you know, friends
0: and family, you know who you know who your family members are who might be at risk for domestic violence and checking with them well, it's it's tough to talk about, and it's you don't want to think about it, but it's very prevalent. And I think you're right in the sense that I think all of us have known someone or suspected uh, that a loved one might be in a situation that's dangerous. How would you go about? or what do you recommend in terms of approaching a person that you think might be in a situation where they are in a domestic violence situation?
1: I think that you can ask, you know, I really care about you. I'm checking in on you. I want to know if you're okay. And if if you're not okay, can you talk? If you can't talk, um, you can ask questions. Um, is there something that I can do for you? Um, are you afraid? Do you feel safe? Those uh, kinds of things. Oh. You don't have to be a psychiatrist to, you know, help mm-hmm. your friends or support friends or to identify people that need help. I mean, you might be able to call the police for a friend or a family member.
0: And if you're a neighbor, as you said, that there's a lot of neighbors because everyone is at home that's calling the police. Right. That is Definitely some... call, call the police. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So don't hesitate. What sort of, what, I mean, I guess I'm curious, sometimes I've been in the situation where I've felt as though I've heard this argument, and it's pretty heated, but I can't tell whether it's a domestic violence situation or not. Do you have some sort of threshold advice to give, you know, neighbors for when to call the police? Um, I, You know, I, I, I
1: think that, you know, if you, if you see a, an increase in something, something that's not normal but sometimes you know violence is the norm but i if you if you hear women crying or if it seems to be a one-sided argument um one of the big myths about domestic violence is somehow it's two couple you know two people who are engaged in a fight and it escalates and then one person ends up beating the other person it's not like that it's very asymmetric where um you know one is definitely the victim and one is definitely the perpetrator right. and so um, if so should you hear that type of a conversation, it's not going to be two people arguing and fighting, um, you know, unless unless you're hearing the sounds of the one person being, you know, beaten or abused. So right. I would call the police.
0: I know that we've uh, been referencing women being abused, but in terms of uh, gender, do you also, obviously you also see men in situations that are, are dangerous as well and in domestic violence situations. Do, do we see men
1: in situations like that? We do, but violence women uh, women who um, abuse men have very different strategies um, uh, for you know control, manipulation, coercion, telling lies. So um, women women's violence against men is much more rare, and um, it just has a different um, motivation, and it and it plays out very differently Got in it. general. I mean. There's always exceptions.
0: Mm-hmm. I just know that that's always a question that we uh, get when we are discussing domestic violence as well. So appreciate. I
1: you. I always get that too. But yeah. in, you know I've looked I've looked at a lot of studies that you know look at the you know we call it symmetry. So is, is it you know women women equally bad or males and males better women? No um uh, women definitely defend themselves and women definitely defend their children so in that context um sure they fight back but it's not mutual um it's usually one person over another person so the
0: take, the takeaway from our conversation is that you know right now because everyone is at home it's it's an opportunity to sort of Listen, keep your eyes uh, peeled in case somebody is in a situation where you might need to step in by calling the police or making a report for them.
1: Yes. And and also, if you're a victim of domestic violence, that um, it, it might escalate during this time that we are mandated
0: to stay at home. Yeah, and that's definitely not uh, your fault at all. And it's a, it's a no. very, yeah, so an incredibly difficult situation. And unfortunately, there's no easy answer to this. That is correct. Thank you, Lori, so, so much. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. The one thing I just, you know, I wanted to say is that we do know,
1: like, Chicago is one of the few cities that they mark the cases as domestic violence so we are watching it, um, and we can see that the violence, the the, the real extreme cases, um, are increasing. Okay. So strangulations, the sh- shootings, that kind of thing. So. I just wanted to give the heads up that you know, the more, if you are a victim of you know um, severe violence, it's, it you know likely to get worse.
0: So right now, it's it's a, a a time to really step up in terms of being a good neighbor and being a good family member and being a good friend and checking in on those folks yeah. that you you know have that gut feeling that you should be a little bit concerned about. Yes. Well, Lori, I really appreciate you being here. Lori Post, she's an expert in gender-based violence. She's also the director for the Bueller Center for Health Policy and Economics at Northwestern University and a professor over at the Feinberg School of Medicine as well. So thank you so much for being with us, Lori. Can you give that number one more time? Um, Sure. It's 1-800-799-7233. A really important message. Thank you so much for being with us and stay safe and well.
1: Thank you for having me.